Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome to an out-of-schedule edition of the Ben Squared podcast as we deliver something of, uh, of an immediate but still measured response to sort of quite frankly, uh, you know, gargantuan U.S. payrolls number. Uh, delighted to confirm that uh, at short notice, our resident expert guest, Ben Jones, and director of macro research here at Invesco, is on hand to sort of carve up those numbers and give us his uh, sort of thoughts on them as it relates to investment strategy and Fed policy. Uh, and of course, your resident host is here, myself, Ben Guthridge, uh, head of Talking, and uh, I'll do my best to keep this conversation breezy. But Ben, wow, I bet you and your sort of macro buddies sort of spilt your popcorn when this uh, release came out. I don't know, maybe you're even getting at the inhaler. Can I just check you? You're not still in shock. Uh, are you in good enough shape to do this, Ben? Just about. I mean, what a week it has been and what a Friday afternoon to sort of um, top it off. It's been uh, it's been incredible. So, yeah, just about sitting on my seat. Um, you said I've got to be measured. Uh, I'm not sure if I will live up to that, but, but let's give it a go. Uh, well, look, I'm really grateful, as I say, Ben, that you've done this uh, sh- such short notice. We are recording this just a, sort of a couple of hours, really, after the, the number came out. But before we um, learn more of your wisdom, Ben, I do want to remind the audience this podcast is intended for UK professional investors only, should not be considered as investment advice, and any capital invested is always capital at risk. Finally, do hang on after the conversation's finished to hear some additional important disclaimers. But uh, right, let's get straight to it, Ben. Wow, I know, I know much of the audience will have seen the numbers, but just in case, you know, there's a long list of them. I mean, but can you give us the key elements that stood out to you? I know it might be a long list, but let, let's hear it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think the, the key number, obviously, was the, the main non-farm um, payroll number, which came in at 353,000. Um, so that's 353 jobs created in the month of January. Um, and the key to put that into context is that that was um, compared to an expected among the consensus of 185,000. So much, much higher. So that's sort of the big, the first big surprise. But the other big surprise is if you look at the December number, that was revised up to 333,000 from 216,000. So you've got a January number that beat on the upside by quite a large degree, and you had a December revision that also saw those numbers going higher as well. So sort of every way you cut it, those headline numbers were um, very, very strong. So the next question is, well, okay, let's go down a level and sort of look and see where those jobs were created. And if we look across all of the sectors, there was only one sector that saw a very small fall in the number of um, jobs. That was the mining and logging sector. Otherwise, those job gains were very broad based across all sectors of the U.S. economy. And then the final one that I would point to on the jobs numbers um, specifically, I know we'll come on to the hourly earnings in just a second, but in terms of the temporary workers that are working as well, that number ticked up um, a little bit as well. And that's important because since March of 2022, um, the the payrolls for temporary workers has actually been declining, which has been quite in contrast to the the total um, payroll numbers. Um, So interesting as well to see that tick up ever so slightly. Um, but yeah, Ben, any way you cut it, that was an absolutely blowout number. Well, I, I, we will come on to the um, wage inflation bit, discuss what it might mean for policy. But but what was the read? What uh, How uh, how relative to expectations as well? 
So on hourly earnings, um, again, they came in double the consensus uh, when we look at the month-on-month reading. So uh, 0.6% versus 0.3% expected. The year-on-year measure for hourly earnings came in at 4.5%. And this really just highlights something that you and I have discussed on this podcast at length over recent months, and that is that the risk of inflation in 2024 is still very present. We still could see inflation coming back. Um, And if wages are rising and wages are rising at an accelerating pace, um, then certainly um, that does really sort of raise um, that inflation pressure uh, once again. Okay, well, we'll certainly come back to that on policy. But let's let's come back to that sort of job creation. I know it's sort of a bit of an age-old question, isn't it? Like, Like, surely... Isn't this sort of good news that we created or the US have created lots of jobs? But I'll still sort of ask it to you again, because the number was just sort of so impressive. You know, like, is this isn't this good news, Ben? Uh, it is good news. I mean, I, it, is, it would be rather um, callous of me to say that falling, uh, falling jobs, people losing their jobs is, is a good thing. Um, so people getting jobs, absolutely, it's a good thing. We want more people um, in work. Um, and it's a good thing for the um, for obviously the growth picture more broadly. We, we talked at the beginning of the week, um, I think, in fact, we titled the podcast, didn't we? We said soft landing, hard landing, or maybe it's even a flyby. Well, I think these numbers, coupled with the GDP numbers that we saw in December, are really setting you up um, for that flyby. The U.S. economy um, is is really throttling up um, from here, and that's important because the thing that's driving the U.S. economy is the is the consumer. That's the sort of the biggest driving component of GDP. And if you've got people in work and you've got people spending money, that's not an economy that is likely to go into recession in the immediate term. Now, obviously, look, things can change and you need to, to watch that very carefully. Um, but no, I think this is a good thing. This is telling you that sort of that US exceptionalism, the, the growth is still um, very much there. The thing that I'll be watching closely over the next couple of days is when the Atlanta Fed update their GDP now cast, uh, GDP now cast uh, measure. That's currently standing at 4.2% before the jobs number was announced. I imagine that jobs number gets factored in and that um, uh, that GDP forecast starts to increase once again. Um, the only two things I would point to when we're thinking about sort of the, the growth picture are not to, I don't really want to pour too much cold water on these readings today, but I was looking this morning um, at um, some other labor market data. I was looking at the, the challenger data. Um, that's an alternative data set. And that does suggest that there were quite a, uh, a few more layoffs in the month of January um, compared to, to December. So relatively low levels, but certainly an uptick. Um, so that was one thing that suggests actually, you know what, there might be some small sort of hairline cracks in the um, in the labor market. Um, and then somebody also pointed out to me the um, small businesses plans to hire survey. Um, and that has been coming lower over the last two years. But when you draw a long-term chart for that particular measure, it's still quite a bit higher than we've seen over much of the history of the data going back to sort of the the mid-90s. So even in some of those series where you see a little bit of a slowdown in momentum, you're you're still coming from such a strong um, position um, in the labour market that that it tells me really the consumer is going to remain strong. Again, we talked about that in Monday. I'd urge people to go back and listen to to that podcast. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of all good. Well, I mean, you're quite right, Ben, to sort of pick me up on my sort of uh, thoughtless style of questioning. I, I should have sort of suggested that maybe there could be, a, um, of course, it's good news we're creating jobs, but maybe there could be a negative uh, market reaction to this as it sort of feeds into policy still not being restrictive uh, enough. Mm-hmm. And as you say, sort of coupled with that like, really impressive 
uh, upside surprise for wage inflation. You know, how does that sort of leave you feeling in terms of like policy execution from the Federal Reserve from here? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this is pretty consensus um, now. It wasn't consensus um, a couple of weeks ago, but um, I think very much the the Fed is not going to cut in um, in March. I think it's very very difficult to see that happening now. Um, but interestingly, if we look at market pricing um, for the Fed over the course of 2024 and look at how that has evolved over the course of this week, um, you've seen the March rate cut largely being um, taken out. But actually, over the course of the, the year, the market is still expecting those five rate cuts to to come through. Now, again, as we sort of discussed before, I don't think you are going to get five rate cuts this year. I think we are going to see um, fewer than uh, than that. And I think we're likely to see over the course of this year, assuming that the, the, the growth trajectory doesn't tank or we don't see some kind of real stress in the banking sector, for example. And obviously we had um, some uh, a little bit of a glimmer of that on Wednesday, but I think that was very isolated. Um, that means actually what we'll see is, is a few more days like this where some of those rate cuts just keep getting pushed back and back and back and we don't end up with five in 2024. So in terms of sort of going back to your earlier bit, is sort of is this bad? I suppose, it, yes, it's not been great for fixed income um, today at the short end of the curve. You've seen two-year yields rising by 15 basis points. That's the biggest jump in um, two-year yields that we've seen since March of last year. Um, but you've got to remember, and this is a yield that are already that much higher. So even those people are holding fixed income, they've got better yields. You, you are more insulated um, as well. Um, and I suspect this might be a, an opportunity for people to start to, to reload on some of those, um, those fixed income um, positions, sort of move out some of the, the, the credit areas as well. I think, again, this is another signal that if companies have confidence to hire people, they should also have confidence to pay their debt and refinance that and it should make us confident about um, default rates in the credit space remaining very, very low as uh, as well. Okay, well, nicely um, handled on as it relates to policy execution and you've answered sort of a bond question I was going to answer you. So that leads me to uh, my sort of final question would be, you know, trying to get your view on how this might impact equity markets. I know it's sort of a bit of a bit of a noisy week because we've had so much information and even today we've had some big like upside surprises or overnight rather to sort of some large US tech companies earnings impressing. So that's maybe making like the market reaction a, li- a little bit hard to disentangle. But, you know, how, how does that sort of how does uh, better jobs, better economy, but sort of marginally tighter policy sort of leave you feeling in terms of your setup for equity markets for the rest of the year? Well, I think, Ben, you're absolutely right to highlight the point that it's a, it's a quite a difficult week to disentangle it because it's been an incredible week of central bank meetings, lots of corporate earnings, including the, the magnificent um, seven, as they're termed in the US. And there's been some mixed earnings numbers um, coming through from those numbers, but broadly speaking, pretty decent numbers overall. Um, some people have said to me, look, the, the higher wage numbers, that could be then a, a squeeze on margins because companies are having to pay more, of course. And that means um, it hits their um, their bottom line. Um, I'm less, less convinced about that, really, because what I think is that a strong labor market and strong wage growth means the, the consumer is in good shape. And that means they have the money to go out and spend on the goods that companies make. So um, I don't look, I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but I think it was Henry Ford that once said um, that he wanted to pay his workers a, a decent living wage because that's good business because it allows them to buy the cars that, um, that they make, uh, of 
course. So I actually think this is probably um, reasonably good for for, um, for equities. It means that the, the earnings numbers um, can stay strong because the consumer is strong. The thing that's going to make me worry and, and make me um, a lot more um, pessimistic is if we were to see those wage numbers coming through um, strongly and other inflation numbers um, coming um, through um, quite strongly on the sort of more supply side driven, the input costs rising more than the than the output costs. And you saw um, job numbers um, falling, for example, you saw other growth metrics weakening. So you have that cocktail of, of higher inflation, but weaker growth. That would, for me, be the um, the cocktail that would be very negative for stocks, but also potentially for, for fixed income markets as well. But at the moment, um, it's probably maybe a stretch to say this is, is Goldilocks because, as I say, we've got some sort of push up on, on inflation here. But no, I think this is a, is a, a pretty good setup for, uh, for stocks at the moment. OK, right. Well, thanks, Ben. Really thoughtful stuff. Um, applaud you. Uh, responding to this number and delivering a podcast at, su- at such short notice. Also, applaud you for your foresight on anticipating that uh, maybe the market that got ahead of itself in terms of uh, sort of the number and, and speed and timing of rate cuts this year and, and retaining, you know, a, a broadly optimistic view on markets. But look, much more of the year to go yet and, and your your expectations may yet unfold, uh, unravel, Ben. But uh, we, we yeah. shall see. Certainly lots more uh, podcasts to come and uh, we hope people can join us uh, in just a week's time, I think, for our back as we get, as we return to our normal schedule of fortnightly. Uh, but before you go, uh, I do want to remind you all of the following important disclaimers: uh, the value of, invest- of investments and any income will fluctuate. This may partly be the result of exchange rate fluctuations, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. This podcast is intended for UK professional clients only and is not for consumer use. Views and opinions are based on current market conditions and are subject to change. This is marketing material and not financial advice. It is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any particular asset class, security, or strategy. Regulatory requirements that require impartiality of investment or investment strategy recommendations are therefore not applicable, nor are any prohibitions to trade before publication issued by Invesco Asset Management Limited, authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.